Ladies and gentlemen, rev up your engines and get ready for the deal of a lifetime. Jim K. Ford is proud to announce the 2023 Ford F-150 clear-out sale, the event you've been waiting for. For a limited time only, Jim K. Ford is offering unbeatable discounts, jaw-dropping financing options, and mind-blowing trade-in deals. Don't miss out on the 2023 Ford F-150 clear-out sale at Jim K. Ford, 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans, or jimkford.com. At Jim K. Ford Lincoln, we say yes! Jim K. Ford Sends Nation podcast with Steve Warren and the coach, Greg Kennedy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Jim K. Ford Sends Nation podcast. It is Steve Warren along with the coach, Greg Kennedy. And coming up today, we're going to talk a little bit about the Sends getting back to work. Zero to 60 stuff as they go right to the Battle of Ontario on Saturday night. That should be a dandy. Jake Sanderson, though. Not in the lineup. And after what, nine, what was it, nine, ten days off? That is not a good thing. Uh, right now, we don't know exactly when he's going to be back. Jacques Martin, we'll hear from him uh, here in the podcast and uh, see what he had to say about it, along with the state of things as they get back to work for the unofficial second half of the season. And we'll also get into a little bit of the whole radio thing in the city of Ottawa when it comes to Sens Radio. It was certainly a crazy day for Bell Media across the country. And, uh, yeah, what is the future of play-by-play on radio for the Ottawa Senators? It should be interesting over the next few years. Dodged a bullet today, I'd say, uh, based on what what happened. But uh, we'll get into that and much more here in the program today. Greg, how are you? I'm good, Steve. I, I didn't get laid off today. That's good. We're, we're That's good. good. Um, yeah. Lots of friends of yours, more like acquaintances of mine. I'm I'm happy for them. You know that they've still got jobs. As a sports fan, I'm thrilled that TSN 1200, some sort of sports broadcasting, is sticking around in town. It's yeah. uh, it's it's good news. It really is good news. Yeah, lots of friends over there. It's uh, great uh, that it's. I would say a stay of execution. Unfortunately, you know, it's coming. It, yeah. Yeah, I'd hate to put it, I hate to put it in those terms, but you know who else put it on those terms? Bell Media. So Bell Media today, in case you missed the news, and we're recording this here on Thursday, February the eighth, they are in the process of selling off forty-five stations, and I think they only have like I don't know, one hundred and twenty-five, something like that. And uh, they're also doing a bunch of things with television. There's something like I think it was uh, forty-eight hundred or twenty-eight hundred, forty-six hundred, yeah, forty-six hundred. Wow. 4,600 people laid off. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, it happened to me at Bell Media. I got, uh, got laid off. Uh, geez, it's almost t- five years now to the day. Next month will be my five-year anniversary of being laid off by Bell Media. And it really sucks. I ducked a lot of bullets before, though. I mean, this thing has been going on for 15 years with that company and others like it. And, uh, I mean, the reality is the the ones that I witnessed through my time they, they pale in comparison in terms of the numbers we're seeing today. It's something like this is the biggest one. And Bell Media has had a ton of these things. Cut down, cut down, cut down. This is their biggest in 30 years. And um, yeah, so it's it's great that that our friends at TSN 1200 uh, live to fight another day. But at the same time, when you hear Bell Media in the context of their news releases on this awful day with all these people losing their jobs – they basically said that radio isn't a sustainable business. Like you're, you're basically letting them know, okay, you guys all still have your jobs, but 
the writing's on the wall here, Greg. And you and I had a little bit of a text conversation about this last night when the word first came out. And I had said to you, and you agreed, I, I, I really think we, we talk so much about the death of the newspaper, print right. journalism in this country. There is still print journalism, but even most newspapers get far more clicks because of their websites than they do from selling newspapers. So the idea that journalism is dying in this country, but I really believe that AM radio is dying faster and will be gone. There'll still be newspapers around, but after AM radio, it's just, it's been dying a, a slow death that has really sped up in the last, what, four or five years. It's just, it's sad in a, in a way. I mean, maybe we're just too old, Steve. Is that part of the problem here that, that kids nowadays don't listen to AM radio or radio at all, right? Ever, ever since you came up with your, I can get a little gadget in my hand and put in my own music and listen to whatever I want, whenever I want. Radio stations have been dying for, for a while now, but it's the, it's the niche radio stations, right? It's the sports station or it's the news station or even the oldie station, you know, like a, the niche radio stations that are, that we're going to be losing. And, and those ones are going to hurt. They're going to hurt because there really are many, many people who, who tune into these things and they're going. Yeah. And the thing about it, you're quite right. It's, uh, you ask the average person under 35 how much radio they're listening to these days. And it's a pretty sparse amount because of all their options. If you're a music fan, Spotify has got your back, right? You don't have to wait for your favorite song. You don't have to wait through commercials. Uh, music radio's in tough. I think you still have some life with uh, the immediacy and the localness of talk radio. I think there's still a future there. Um, how long it'll go on. I'm not sure exactly, but I, I mean, the way they've run it, I mean, I, under, I understand the circumstances with less people and a younger demographic, you know, tuning out and less people overall listening. Um, but it's just so mismanaged under the umbrella of the Bell Medias and the Rogers. Like they just brought those into their umbrella basically to sell phones and to appease shareholders. Mm. Like, if Bell Media were running a burger joint, Greg, it would be basically like employee comes to the upper management and says, we're not selling as many hamburgers anymore. Management's advice at that stage would be, hmm, okay, try this. Massive cutbacks in staff and and and, and budgets. Okay, that's what we're going to do. Boom. And then five years goes by. Employee comes again and says, hey, hey, things are even worse now. Hmm. What we'll do then is massive staff cutbacks and budget reductions. And then it gets even worse and it keeps getting worse. And the same thing keeps happening. And at the end of it, managers say, as they go off to their $10 million yacht, oh, burgers, they're just not a sustainable business. This thing could have been so much better in a mom and pop scenario. The answer to when things are going sideways a little bit and, and numbers are dropping is to not stop. Is it? You don't stop spending. You don't stop. You don't stop with reinvestment. You don't hack down your staff. Um, it just uh, it just expedited what is an, an inevitability, uh, but it doesn't need to be in the situation it's in right now. I think in a mom and pop situation, sports talk radio in the city of Ottawa would do just fine, buoyed by the thirty-five to seventy-year-old crowd. Uh, they'd, they'd be good for a long time still, if not for the major media getting their talons into them. It's as if they've taken the whole idea of find a way to make it work is just dismissed. 
Right. Right. They, they, they don't, they don't want to find a way to make it work. They want to find a way to continue to make money, but not lose any, not lose money. Let's chop everywhere we can. And then, oh my God, we're not making any money. How come we're yeah. now, why didn't our revenue go up? We chopped all our, all our investment in here. We, well, this doesn't make any sense. You know, like, why not? Because they're not actually trying to find a solution to make it work. They're just trying to find a solution so they can make money. Which, yeah. well, you know what? In, a, in the big picture, it's the world we live in. Big business is here to make money. The unfortunate thing is there are certain industries that big business maybe shouldn't be taking big business principles in there. And that's yeah. what you're saying with this mom and pop idea. Think smaller. Yeah, yeah and local. It's got to be local. If you run it like a, I don't know, a bakery would, you know, you're dealing in locals, you're, you're building customer bases that way, and you're connecting with the community. Like it doesn't matter to the bean counters at Bell Media if employee 1794565 is really engaged in the community and he's beloved or whatever. It doesn't matter to them. They're just going to blow that guy out. And it's just, it's, it's just unfortunate because, again, I think that if it's done right and done local, it could, it could last for a very long time still. But, you know, look at, look at the state of the like, – I like, I like all the announcers on there. They're, they're all friends of mine. And, but the reality is you have, what do you, what do you have there? What's it come down to on nonsense game days? You have six hours of local programming out of 24, right? Like, like that's the solution. <laughs> oh yeah. Radio's an, yeah. Radio is an unsustainable model. Well, yeah, if you do that, everybody knows local and talk radio go together and it can work. But, okay. So, so here's a thought then, Steve, what is the future of the Ottawa senators? Uh, not not the team, sorry. What is the future of coverage of the Ottawa Senators? I know there's a contract, obviously, with with 1200, with TSN to, to broadcast these games. And I think we both are in agreement that that's probably part of the reason why 1200 survived here is because they have the contract to carry the Senator games. Mm-hmm. Um, although, who knows? They may just walk away from it one day. But what is the future of that? What's the, what's the future of game day, of broadcasting, of, of, of games on the radio? Is it is it? Is that going to go away too? I think I think it'll still come back as something. You know, the, the I could see Bell Media selling. I could see a smaller company like a like a Vista Radio, um, maybe a Stingray, just one of these other types of companies that this is what they do. As far as TSN twelve hundred being, yeah, you know, and Bell Media being in, like that's over. Like it's just a matter of when, not if. I think you have three years left on that contract that uh, was a 12-year radio deal that was signed, and that could go at any time. And I, and, I, and you're quite right. I think the only reason TSN 1200 exists as we know it under the Bell Media banner is because of the Sens and that contract. If it gets to the if it gets to the end of the contract, I'd be surprised because you know that as time marches on, the penalty to break the contract will be smaller and smaller and smaller. And I think at some point it'll get to a stage where Bell Media says, okay, that's fine. We'll pay that and we'll just move on and uh, and and sell off to somebody else. And it will be interesting to see what the future holds after that. I, I, I always think there's going to be a place, but who will run the next sort of version of, of sports radio in town? That's going to be interesting. Assuming there is a next phase of sports radio in town. Like we, we're seeing it with the uh, with major league sports in in the states where they're selling their their team rights, uh, broadcast rights to a team being sold to an Amazon or to a YouTube channel or to to a smaller 
smaller companies that are not radio or are not TV. And I, I can see that happening too here, where the, the senators will no longer be negotiating with a local radio broadcaster. They'll be negotiating with some sort of national conglomerate that that, that broadcasts sporting events. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and will it be online or on terrestrial radio that you'll be right. listening to Sens games on? Lots It'll of people listen on. Yeah. Lots of people listen online now. And uh, I think that's probably where it's going. Terrestrial radio. It's not cheap to have an actual transmitter and, and bricks and mortar. Um, so, yeah, I think that's where it's going. When it gets there will be interesting, but uh, it's still a lot of guys. I mean, most of my peers age-wise, they look at the online world as far as that goes as just this foreign thing. I mean, to me, it's the easiest thing in the world to get a podcast, but a lot of people my age just haven't taken that step to figure out that it's basically just the same as what's in your car radio. You just have to go online, hit play, you're good to go. It's on your smartphone. It's actually really easy, but I still have friends, some of my closest friends who say, yeah, I haven't had a chance to check it out. I don't really get that yet. So, um, yeah, so I think that my point is like there's going to be radio for a little while yet because uh, a lot of Until people. Until the generation a lot of money. dies off. Yeah. <laughs> in the meantime, that's a that's the generation that has a ton of money. Like one of the guy that I've got in my head as I'm saying this, he he owns like like this multiple businesses and uh, has tons of money, and he's so smart. But <laughs> this extra step to get a podcast is foreign to him. So. Because this demographic has so much money, I think that we're looking at uh, radio hanging in for a little bit just yet. Attention truck enthusiasts. Are you ready to experience the power, performance, and innovation of a legendary vehicle? Look no further than the 2023 Ford F-150 at Jim K. Ford. We have incredible deals and financing options tailored just for you. Visit Jim K. Ford today and experience the thrill of driving the best-selling truck in Canada, the 2023 Ford F-150. Visit us at 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans or at Jim jimkford.com at Jim K. Ford Lincoln, we say yes. let's move on to the sends though in in yeah. terms of the news of the day and they all got back in town the boys are back in town who sang that boys are back in town remember that yeah yeah you got me buddy was it sweet say it's a canadian hollywood sweet is that what you're trying to say no you're thinking honeymoon sweet but i was thinking i think i think it's just sweet Oh, I want to say it's Canadian. I think sweet is Canadian, isn't it? Yeah. Well, now I've got to look it up. Oh, now we have to find out. But yeah, all the boys are back in town. It was all on the ice today. It's kind of nice here. This couple extra days that we're going to see some practice time so they can get some things ironed out and being six, two and two in their last 10 looking good. They can iron some things out in a couple days of practice here before they take on the Leafs Saturday night. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing if they can carry this over because let's be honest six two and two and ten games you know i think they've done that once or twice before even in the dj smith era can it continue is it sustainable are our lessons learned here have things sunk in it'll be real interesting let's look at the next 10 games and see what they're we'll see where they're at come 20 games yeah i've heard a lot of people get really excited about that six two and two run because it's with a new coach I'm still not necessarily sold though um yeah the fact that Jacques Martin is guiding this latest hot streak in the second half, that's a good thing. That's, 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 that gives me a little more hope where I'd have none if it was DJ Smith and they were doing this right now. It's just too many times, though, this group has started seasons and just played their way out of it, throwing a big old grenade on themselves in the first couple of months, like literally out of it by Christmas. And 
each of the last two years as we do this podcast. Well, this is a year, boy. They're going to have to a great start, and they're going to make the playoffs. No, no, they did exactly the same thing, and they're doing exactly the same thing right now, but it's the fact that Jacques Martin is behind the bench that gives you like a little bit of hope in here. But it just... One of those, you can't have nice things in this town. One of these days we have to look up, what's what's their record? Who has the best record in the NHL in February and in March and in what little bit of April is still regular season? And I bet over the course of the last three years, the Senators are probably in the, at least in the top 10, if not in the top five of generating points in those three months of an NHL season. Yeah, yeah. They certainly have the biggest contrast between the first Oh, yeah. Two and a half months in the last two and a half months. This be just be night and day when you get down to it. But on the topic of uh, feeling, you know, like a dark cloud franchise, they get this nice rest. They're six, two and two in their last ten. Everybody's starting to be a little, little bit okay. At least uh, I know when I sit down on a on a cold night in February. Although not that cold, it's been a pretty good winter. All in it's all, very nice. Yeah, but when I sit down, I I know that I'm not going to come away from the game tonight fully embarrassed. Really, the only one I felt that way was the New York Rangers game where they ended up getting pumped 7-2, to two, I think it was. But most nights, and I feel like they're going to put in a good effort and I'm not going to come away totally discouraged. And then the bad news, the black cloud, Jake Sanderson's hurt. He, he ends up getting hurt, I think it was in the last game, and then he's got all this time off. We're thinking, okay, it won't be a big deal. He gets back. No, he's not going to be ready for the Leaf game. And Jacques Martin actually said, yeah, he's not sure when this guy's going to be back. Let's go to a little of Jacques Martin's media availability on Thursday. I doubt that he'll be available this weekend. I think, uh, you know, just a uh, uh, lower body injury and, you know, hopefully it's not uh, too serious, but I, I think that uh, just needs some time to, to recover here. Do you know when he'll start skating again? Or I don't have any, no update on that. But you, you do expect, Travis Hamannick back on Saturday. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it is based. Has Forsberg got to get a couple of practices in before he can decide on him? Is that kind of? Yeah, probably. We'll see what his status is uh, right now. But I think uh, I don't think uh, he's available right now. But uh, Hamannick is. All right. So there's Jacques Martin and his media availability. Good to see Jacques back at the uh, at the helm and uh, getting ready for the Sens against the Leafs on Saturday night. And by the way. The boys are back in town is by Tin Lizzie from back in the 1970s. I thought it was sweet. Yeah. But I'm wrong. Not right. Is that Canadian? Um, um, good question again. Stop asking me questions. <laughs> I don't know the answer to. <laughs> How dare you? Let's talk about Jake Sanderson. Like I, yes. I watched the game. I had to rewind to his last shift and I couldn't figure out anything. I, I don't know what happened to him. Like he didn't even go off the ice really coming up lane. Like there was nothing. Yep. I, it, I completely freaked me out. I have no idea. And we haven't heard anything unless I, I haven't heard anything. Have you heard anything? I have no idea what's wrong with him. Lower body. Yeah. That's okay. All. That's a lower body. And I, yeah, it, 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 that's the thing about, we all know, I'm just going to compare myself to a finely tuned 21 year old athlete. That would have been moronic, but I got thinking about it this week. Cause I, I've been hobbling around with the bad back. as I talked about in the last episode, just feeling better now. But, uh, yeah, I mean the skating stride is such that you never know. When it comes to lower body, you, you don't nec- you don't need to take contact. Is my point. I know I'm two and a half times older than Jake Sanders, and I get that. But the reality is, it can happen. Just overextend yourself, just um, you know, twang a groin, a, groin. a back, whatever. Yeah. 
Lower body to me tells me it's a groin. Uh, as any uh, as any pro will tell you, the the easiest, the bad back or the groin, the two easiest ones to the trainer can ever find it, the doctor can ever find it. That's the one when you when you got the Philly flu, it's always the groin or the yeah. back, the one that nobody can prove. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying Jake Sanders is faking it. Don't get don't get carried away, folks. But yeah, I, I'm sure it's probably a groin, and that's. Uh, but but again, he never came up lame in any way, shape, or form on the ice on any shift. He just went off at the end of that one shift and never came back. Generally speaking, scale of one to ten, how pleased are you with Jake Sanderson this year? Were you ta- were you are you satisfied, or were you thinking he might take a bigger step forward offensively? Well, I think it it really ties into the whole team. If the whole team had been better, he would have been better. Mm-hmm. And I think that the, the fact that the team is probably more like a, a four out of 10, uh, Jake Sanderson's maybe like a six or a seven. I, I expected, you know, I, I wanted to see more and I thought we were going to see more from, from an expectation level to a, what we getting level, actual level. He's probably only a six or a seven. I, I, what are you thinking? Like he's certainly not a 10. He's not a zero. He's a little above the middle. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I, I. I'd be around that as well. I just think uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm not blaming him for it per se, or or no. It's, it's more his circumstances to me. Not 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 just for the reasons you indicate because the team hasn't been good, but because Thomas Shabbat is incessantly blocking this guy. Like to me, Jake Sanderson is your number one power play guy all day long. Not just because he's dominating Chikrin and Shabbat, but because I, that's where he should be learning and developing and working with the best guys. Uh, he's got the best raw tools. Thomas Shabbat, I've seen him. And to me, Sanderson and and Chikrin right now are both better options than Thomas Shabbat. Mm. But Jake Sanderson is special. Like he he's going to continue to develop here. We have not seen his ceiling. We have not seen his best. Thomas Shabbat now is what he is. And mm. Already Sanderson's better than him, but there's more for Sanderson. And I want to see him developing on that number one power play unit on a more consistent basis. I don't want Thomas Shabbat getting in his way anymore. And so that's sort of why I think he is offensively maybe a little, as far as stats go, maybe a little disappointing. But uh, I think that'll be rectified very soon once he gets healthy. And having heard that, and I do agree with that to a certain extent, that is a contributing factor. But I think another contributing factor to the reason that Jake Sanderson maybe hasn't developed or grown as we thought he would this year to be a, a true standout. I think another part of, of that is the Shabbat injury. Mm. Zub was injured for a while. Hamannick's been injured for a while. The Senators never really had their top four or even their six healthy in the lineup playing every night. And that has affected Jake Sanderson. As much as he may be blocked by Shabbat, the fact that Shabbat was injured and Zub was injured has also affected Sanderson's performance, I think. Now, one guy that um, I think we, we've been talking about quite a bit is uh, Vladimir Tarasenko. And he seems like one of those guys. And not, I don't think he's a slam dunk as Dominic Kubalik is to be traded between now and the, what is it, the March 8th deadline? Is it the 8th, Craig? Uh, sure. Sure. I think that, that works for me. All right. Sure. Yeah. We keep asking each other questions we don't know the answer to. I'm pretty sure it's March 8th. (laughs) And and I think that Tarasenko, on the other hand, it's interesting. A lot of people love Tarasenko. Like I was was mucking around on the message boards the other day, and I wrote a story about it for the Hockey News. Um, Is Vladimir Guerrero's time in Ottawa coming to a close? Are his days in all likelihood numbered? 
And a lot of people push back on that because I think a lot of people have been pleasantly surprised about Tarasenko. I think a lot of some thought when he was coming here that maybe he had that sort of that Russian diva mentality that some Russians have. Um, but now he's been a good soldier, man. See some of the video when he's out there, you know, at children's hospitals and interacting with the kids, he's been great in the room. Guys talk glowingly about him, but I really do think that, uh, the news this week where he fires his agent again and changes agents goes to Craig Oster. I think that, um, the timing of that makes it look like he's getting ready for something to happen between now and the trade deadline. It sure looks that way, doesn't it? And uh, I'm torn on this one, Steve. I, I you didn't even mention it. I like his production too. Yeah, he's got he's got 13 goals. He's fifth in scoring, I think. Yeah, on um, pace for 60 points, which is 10 more than he had last year. Right, and doesn't play in the number one power play. Right, doesn't mm-hmm. kill penalties. Basically, plays five on five. He's played a lot of third line minutes on this team this year, and he's just produced. You said good good soldier. He's been a good pro. Like he's come in here and and contributed as best he can, given the circumstances of when he gets to contribute. And I've been very happy with him. And there's a part of me that thinks, you know what, that this guy wants to stick around at less than five million. I'd be I'd be all over that. But then there's the other side of the fence that says he's looking for his last home run. Maybe he thinks he can get another four year deal somewhere at five million a year, or five times five even, or something. And that. You know, if that's what he thinks he can get, if that's what Craig Oster sits down and says, you know, this is what we should be going for, then 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 Ottawa should be moving him. You know, there's a way they, they need to sit down and figure that out. If we don't trade you, what will it take to re-sign you in the summer? We need to know now, before March 8th. We need to know now so that we can make a decision before March 8th. That's, yeah. that's exactly the situation they're in right now. Yeah, and a lot of people pushed back saying you've got a no trade clause you goofball it's like yeah well tell me about the reasoning for this particular changing of his agent he's gone with craig oster by the way who is also josh norris and brady kachuk's agent there's four or five other ottawa senators right now but to do it a month before the deadline like if you think he's going to enforce his no trade clause like why would he be doing this now like if he's enforcing his no trade clause that means he thinks he's going to head to free agency on july 1st that's five months away. Are you really dealing with, are you really deciding, okay, I'm going to change my agent at this stage of the game? Uh, it's possible, I guess, but uh, the, ear, the earmarks are there that this is a guy that looks like he thinks something's going to happen between now and the deadline. And, uh, you know, if he's thinking in those terms, that means he has no plans to waive his no trade or to, uh, to enforce his no trade clause. I think he's I looking think. for, I think he's looking for something like, okay, work out something, because no trade clauses, obviously, this just in don't exist because they're anti-trade. They, you know, that they never want to leave Ottawa. They exist because they want control, and that's reasonable. We all want control of our professional future if we can have it. And so he, he's basically done it this way. And I think he wants probably, if I was to guess, um, he, he wants to be able to say where he's going to go. And he's got a an agent now, I guess, that he trusts that if they can grind out maybe some home run deal right now, here and now then uh, let's do that too. And then on top of that, Steve Steos just two weeks ago sounded lukewarm on the idea of having Tarasenko back. Ian Mendez asked him at that Q&A whether or not they've talked to Tarasenko and his, and his people. And Steos admitted, no, we haven't talked. Uh, he also talked in terms of, I mean, there's a lot of things in the first part of his answer that were making me think no interest there because he talked about 
mm-hmm. and where we are in the standings and uh and and just just the vibe i got and then he went on to say how impressed he was i think steos in his mind realized he was going down a road he didn't necessarily want to go publicly and and then talked about how impressed he was with tarasenko but that first part made me think okay i think steos has other plans you just took the words right out of my mouth that's the part that confused me was that really steos was talking out of both sides of his mouth right at first he answered the question discussing oh i haven't even talked to the guy you know about trading him but then went on to talk about how how impressed he's been and how good a trooper he's been on this team and to correct myself it's jacob chikrin that's got the 10 team right it's tarasenko that has the full no trade so but i don't think it would be difficult to move him if they the only thing that would keep him here is is his kids in school and playing hockey and many players when they get traded to the deadline they leave the wife and kids behind and go do their thing in their new market and then wait till the end of the season before they move out of their homes um, I, I mean, I'm going to say it again. It's all going to come down to having a conversation with the guy and saying, what's it going to take? What are you going to want in the summer for us to keep you? And if we think we can meet that dollar amount or we're interested in that dollar amount, then we're not going to trade you. If we don't, we don't think we can play, pay that or we're not willing to pay that number, then we're going to want to move you. Can we talk about uh, waiving the no trade cost? That's, that's what it's going to come down to. Right. I think I'd like to keep the guy if, if you could, but I mean, you know, your the salary cap is a thing. I know they're getting relief. That Bobby Ryan and Michael Delzato are coming off as far as dead money goes. They're putting what four or five million dollars more back into into the team's uh, coffers and the salary cap, raising their allowance, if you will, Greg. <laughs> but I mean, even with all that stuff, you've got other things, other factors. You get to think about Jake Sanderson's new deal kicking in. Shane Pinto will eventually get a new deal that kicks in this fall. Uh, then you've got an extension maybe for Chikrin and, and Giroux. So there's a little more cap relief at the end of this season, granted, but it's uh, not like Steve Stavis can just make it rain. Um, you don't want to be in this position that they've been all year having to use long-term injured reserve. You want a little buffer if you can. So you still have to be a little bit careful with your money. And uh, I just don't know that Tarasenko is interested in anything close to what he's at right now. I think he wants a sizable raise or at least term. Mm. And so, I mean, just put yourself in his shoes. He's only been here for what, four months. And those four months have been playing on a 28th place team. They're 28th overall in the NHL right now. Hey, he might end up staying. I don't know, but all signs point to him going. And, and, and that last point is this, that, you know, that, I don't see him being that love in the, with the city of Ottawa and 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 playing on this team um, based on the way things are going right now and uh, and and doing it for less. So I mean, if you want to pay Tarasenko a premium to stay in a twenty eighth place market, then fill your boots. But I don't think Steve Steos thinks enough of the player to go down that road. I like the player. Don't get me wrong. Like I like him better than he's producing more than Josh Norris as we kind of change gears and wrap up the program here a little bit. But uh, at what point do we start worrying about Josh Norris and his production level? Shouldn't he be getting going right now? You'd like to think so. You'd like to think so. I'm, I've been disappointed in him. Uh, he was my guy all through the trade before he ever even played here. I was the guy who said he's going to be the difference maker in that the, in the San Jose and the Carlson deal. I've been disappointed in him this season. One last thought on Tarasenko. I'll put this question to you. Okay. Does the fact that he's already won a Stanley Cup 
does that mean he wants to go somewhere to get another one? Or does that mean, you know what, this market, this town, my kids, my wife, where I am, maybe I'm okay without going somewhere for another cup. Maybe I'm okay taking another five mil for three years and I'll stay here in Ottawa. Yeah. How does that Stanley Cup factor in? Yeah, I think it could. Um, You know, I've not talked to Tarasenko about this and certainly we know that the decision isn't always the player's. It comes down to family as well and, uh, and, and, and making wives happy. That's just the reality of it. And uh, who knows, maybe Tarasenko's wife has fallen in love with the city of Ottawa. So that, that, that's all good, positive stuff because honestly, it's a subject that I'm loath to talk about because it seems like when I talk about Tarasenko and him being moved, about 50% of the Sens fans I talk to are saying, yeah, it's probably the way it's going to be. And then 50% are pushing back hard because they really like the guy. They've really kind of yeah. taken to him, so they really want him to stay. And so we'll, for that portion of the audience, your news there at the end that, you know, maybe he's already got his cup. Maybe he's happy. Maybe he's really made some friends here. So there's the positive side. <laughs> We're covering yeah. our bases. I like it. Uh, let's call it quits there right now. We had some glitches in this one. The internet does not always cooperate, but uh, I think we've uh, we've put things together nicely, I hope. And uh, we really appreciate you being here. Don't forget about our website. It is sendsnationhockey.com. All our contact information is there. You can find out about us. A little bit of background is on us on the About Us page. And uh, don't forget as well about the Hockey News page on the site editor there. Just check out thn.com slash Ottawa. Greg, enjoy the Leafs game, the latest installment of Battle of Ontario. And we shall talk to you in our next episode. Looking forward to talking Sunday after that Leaf game. Steve, have a good night, eh, bud? Wheels up in 30, my friend. Wheels up in 30. (laughs) Thanks for being with us on the Sens Nation podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and review. Share the show with your friends and followers or become a member on Patreon. Check out our website today at SensNationHockey.com.